Good morning, Sonny Page Mabry. <laughs> Welcome on VH Berries. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Cedar is not only a dog, it is a movement. <laughs> it's not only my dog, it's a movement, you say? Absolutely, because um, this one uh, can also be uh, a plant that is um, qualified by one term, aromatic. And I also learned that uh, you two also made a song from that name. Okay, and you know what? I might have put her name in a song. And if you if you have uncovered that information, then you are more correct than I. I can't think of the <laughs> song right now. But um, yeah, I actually found that it is a, it's a tree, beautiful tree and type of wood. And um, I was struggling, Ethan and I were struggling to find her name because she was just so specific, her personality and her look and everything. And I, I said a prayer and I was like, help me find a name. And I opened the Bible <laughs> and um, it was in Song of Solomon and it was talking about uh, the cedars of Lebanon. I was like, oh, that, well, that's it for sure. <laughs> yeah, it just fit her. And Sonny Mabry, um, knowing the fact that this is now a tree, we can say that um, this is uh, your little sapling for a happy life. Yeah, sure. I it it definitely <laughs> does seem like that because that's what that's what having a pet is, right? It's like this little. Um, It's just such a comfort to you whenever you um, need anything at all, whether you're happy or sad. It's just, it's, it's known to lower your blood pressure. It actually physically makes you feel better to have a pet and to love on that pet. So you are correct, I'd say. <laughs> I also truly believe, uh, Sunny Mabry, that this relationship is reciprocal because uh, Sunny, you are giving the sun to the tree. So he oh, has wow. all the sunshine that he needs. <gasps> yeah, wow, I never thought of it that, of it that way. And you, I, <laughs> once again, are correct. <laughs> the sun, you know, and the tree, they, they go hand in hand. They need each other to live. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's like a, it's a strange thing. I mean, everybody sees her and they're like, wow, she's none other than Cedar. You know how like a dog just comes into their name. And my sister named a dog Jimmy once. And I was like, that's not a dog's name. But then after like three days of knowing him, I was like, that's Jimmy. <laughs> There's no doubt. <laughs> This is very inspiring because as you just mentioned a tree and the sun goes by pair a little bit like uh, your relationship uh, between yourself and your creativity uh, and i would love to talk about the process behind it because i believe that it came uh, from uh, a sort of accident for for you like newton with the apple that falls uh, from the trees Yeah, I'd say that my creativity is, um, it's kind of a crucial part of life, isn't it? I, I, I need it to, uh, I think I need it to survive. It's just part of me, um, and it's something to look forward to. 
I don't know what I would do if I felt like I had nothing left to create. That's very true. And Sonny Mabry, who teach you the most uh, important stuff? Um, I think... I think it's just gathering behaviors and um, ways of thinking from everybody that I've chosen to be close to me in my life and my immediate family, um, my entire family, actually. There are so many members of my family that are really funny and... Just and just good people at the same time, kind of a dry, sarcastic wit. They just get it, and um, it's been a gift just observing them. I mean, I have like a whole really long memo on my phone of things that my dad says all the time. I just, he'll say something, and I'll just write it down because I'm gonna want to repeat it one day. I'm gonna I'm gonna want to put it in a show or a video, or I'm gonna want to you know, uh, say it into a microphone in front of a bunch of people because he's probably the funniest person I know. But I think besides that, I've just um, acquired people in my life. Um, you know, and I always choose the funniest person in the class to become friends with. And it wasn't just about being funny. It was also about having something different and, you know, a depth and an intelligence and a wisdom. And um, it's, it's kind of rare, but uh, I've found some great people, and they've inspired me. I've just, I've just been a sponge for that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sunny Page Maybury, um, I can feel uh, in your voice that you have an emotional feeling uh, with your creations. When do you have the more emotion? Is it when, for example, you make a video for Bon Acre? Or is it, for example, when you see that you can make uh, a difference in people's lives? Mm, uh, when I, <laughs> I, I enjoy the video making process, you know, if we're talking about the stuff I put on social media and, and <laughs> some of the stuff that, you know, I, <laughs> I create that's like a short film or, or whatever. I enjoy so much the you know, coming up with the idea. And um, my brain is just nonstop every day. It, I could be in a different mode of, uh, of that creativity. Like, am I in funny video mode? Or am I in like horror movie mode? Or am I in a combination of those two? <laughs> and um, I, you know, Ethan probably gets tired of it. My husband probably gets a little annoyed with me sometimes, but I do constantly pitch him ideas. <laughs> I'm like, what about this? What about this? What, what would happen afterwards if it started like this, you know, and he's really good at um, coming up with story ideas and stuff like that, too. And he's a great comedian as well. So I'm, I'm kind of blessed there. I think the emotion, though, maybe that you heard, it comes in me talking about my family and how great they are. That's probably where that comes in. <laughs> it is emotional to see your work finished. I mean, oh my gosh, that's the hardest part is to actually bring something to completion that is a creative work. So that I'm experiencing more and more lately, and it's great. <laughs> you just mentioned um, that uh, you had multiple 
possibles mod for uh, the videos and I would love to focus on the one I just mentioned called uh, Bon Acre. What oh, was okay. <laughs> that specific mode? Did you create a sort of hybrid one by picking multiples, uh, for example, uh, feelings? Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you were saying. Uh, Boneacre, yes, that is a band. <laughs> I know what you're talking about now. Um, yeah, that's a, a friend of mine has a band. He also plays with us. We we play music as well, Ethan and I. Um, but he plays drums with us. He plays guitar with them. It's a very good band called Boneacre. Um, they're kind of an indie rock vibe, and they had a video that they were thinking that uh, we could. They had a song coming out that they were thinking we could make the video for. And I was like, Are you sure you want this? <laughs> and uh, they were like, Yeah. I'm like, Even if it's kind of kind of silly. And because it was kind of a serious song. And they're like, no, no, I think it'd be good juxtaposition to the, um, you know, to the to the seriousness of the lyrics in the song to have something kind of fun. So, <laughs> we, um, yeah, we did. We took that and ran with it. I took a, a character that I kind of made popular on Vine. And his name is El Creepo. <laughs> And um, I turned him into an uh, even more creepy person. He, he was a stalker. And he was stalking a character that was also played by me. But my husband uh, was filming it and directing it and all of that stuff. So we wrote it together. It was fun. <laughs> you both wrote it together uh, with Ethan Embry. Yes. Which uh, directed uh, this very uh, special music video. Yeah. Yeah, he directed it. We spent, you know, a couple of weeks um, getting, it, getting it shot and edited. And I think the, ba the band said that they liked it. <laughs> so I, I'm glad they did. I hope they did because we loved making it. And Sonny Mabry, uh, just before you mentioned the fact that you were a sort of sponge because you were nourishing yourself from all of um, the rich experiences uh, around you. But I would say that uh, this is a hungry sponge because if I can take two of your favorite bands, for example, uh, Highlight Suspect and Duran Duran. Yes. They both have titles and lyrics, uh, including this word, for example, I am the hungry shark for fast and merciless in the song Lydia or uh, I am hungry like the wolf by Duran Duran. Hey, you just found a correlation between Highly Suspect and Duran Duran. I don't even know if they know about this. I, you know, I'm gonna have to post this and tag them because, yeah, very. I, there's got to be a reason I'm drawn to both of them, and it's got to be they're they're talking about hungry, hungry like animals. <laughs> they're so good. I I I love that. You know, Duran Duran is obviously the the um, '80s pop synth that is totally back in style now and um i'm loving that so they're they're kind of they've never they've never had any trouble uh drawing people to their concerts i don't think but highly suspect is um some younger dudes that are playing pretty heavy 
guitar rock and roll and i love that too because let's be honest guitars will never die absolutely guitar will never die and sonny maybury i can feel this uh relationship with music because you have a band and uh, if I can take uh, the other side of your career which is acting you played in numerous video clips so the one we just uh, mentioned before but also uh, some called uh, for example Nuki or Amazed oh yeah <laughs> the Amazed video is that what you're talking about Absolutely. I saw that you had made Amazed and also another one oh, Nookie. called Nookie. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You're calling it way back. Way back. Um, let's see. What was the first one? Nookie was the first one by Limp Biscuit, And we all know that song. Uh, I was modeling in New York. And, um, you know, it was kind of It was a not like an it was they hired a few of us girls to you guys probably remember the video as this massive amount of people at a concert and, you know, um, following him down the streets of New York. It becomes this mob. But on the first day, it was just a few of us and uh, all models. And we were all kind of just minding our own business on New York City streets and Fred Durst walks down the street and we see him and we're like, oh, hey, <laughs> I got to follow that guy for sure. And we all start strutting one by one behind him, just on the on the Durst train to wherever it is that he's going. And um, <laughs> the next day, well, at the end of that day, he said, we're, we're shooting more tomorrow if you guys want to come back. And I was like, He, this is Fred Durst, and I was like, do we get paid? And he was like, no. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so no. I'm not going to be here, sorry. <laughs> and uh, he, got, I think he was a little offended. <laughs> But I'd never heard of, you know, I'd never heard of Limp Bizkit yet. And um, I don't know. They, got, they certainly got a, quite a lot of people to show up the next day, though. <laughs> That's for sure. And then I did uh, the Lone Star video. That was great. That was fun. I love those guys. And Sonny Mabry, this is very fascinating because uh, music uh, led you to have uh, the BPM in your rhythm inside you, uh, for example, by bringing uh, the character of El Cripo, because uh, Vine, uh, back in the last decade, was a very special uh, social media and app in which you had to be very fast uh, in less than six seconds. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And um, that is not my natural way. I... <laughs> My mom used to talk about how slow I am and everything. You know, I just kind of move slowly. Not in the old, you know, not in the old noggin, hopefully. But in fact, it's the opposite. ADD, uh, nonstop brain. But um, with getting ready, you know, like I was always the last one out the door. But um, so I had to really practice that uh, because I love the six second amount of time that we had to make something funny 
and uh, just getting my joke out, I guess, uh, having a beginning, middle, and an end in that amount of time took practice, but um, it was very satisfying, I think, that loop, too. We just don't have it anymore. <laughs> Sonny Maybury, can you remind us of your uh, most legendary characters? I mentioned El Cripo, but I assume that you created thousands more. So many. Um, <laughs> gosh, I think there was one called Lorraine. Uh, she was a mom who, you know, she was just, she was, she'd had it all the time. She was tired of making people's sandwiches. She always had lipstick on her teeth. And um, there was, <laughs> there was a, a sort of an older lady, a Midwesterner who, you know, everything was too loud for her and using a Bluetooth was unacceptable. She's just very sensitive to sounds. Um, <laughs> gosh, there was a little guy named Owen. He barely spoke above a, a whisper. And uh, <laughs> he was just very awkward, painful little dude. And um, living in his own universe, I guess. Uh, they all had a little bit of something that, you know, I just ended up repeating, I think, that was just like the joke, whatever it was, even if it was the weirdest thing ever. There was a ballerina named Anastasia, and she... Um, She wanted to be a ballerina so badly, but she never took any lessons or knew how to dance. Uh, you know, it's just so tragic for her. And just, I don't know. They sound insane to me now, but I think the only way those can be done is the short form, you know? Because otherwise it's like, who is this person? You got to investigate much more thoroughly who they are and could write a story based on those people, but it wouldn't be the same. <laughs> it wouldn't be the same. And if I understood correctly, uh, Sonny Mabry, the character that you just mentioned uh, of the mother called uh, Laurence uh, can be compared Lorraine. to Bonnie in uh, Hillbilly Elegy. Oh, maybe so. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was, she was a a character. That's for sure. I played Glenn Close, Glenn Close's character of Bonnie Mama in Hillbilly Elegy as a younger uh, woman in her thirties, and it was wild. I mean, got to work with Ron Howard, which he was so great. I loved him. Just a normal guy. Um, very cool. And, uh, yeah, it was, she, she's a little, she's a little more extra even than some of my Vine characters, I would say Bonnie was. Sonny Mabry, on one side, there is Vine with this very special concept that lasts, for example, six seconds. But on the extreme other part, there is feature films. And I would love to discuss about Snakes on the Plane that I watched yesterday to refresh <laughs> my memory, in which you are portraying. Tiffany, which is not, um, who is not afraid of traveling in the air. No, she's not afraid. She's not afraid of, she's not <laughs> afraid of air travel. She's not afraid of snakes. Not really until this flight, maybe. <laughs> 
after this, she might have a, a problem. But um, yeah, she's kind of a brash, extroverted type of chick, I'd say. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, <laughs> one of your best memories on the set or related to the experiences? Because this is one of your favorite projects to that day. Yeah, I mean, it was just so fun. It, it, it's funny because um, Snakes on a Plane was actually the working title. We got the scripts and it it was humorous. I'm <laughs> like, Snakes on a Plane? I don't know. I just, I just uh, got finished doing something kind of, um, I thought was respectable film. And uh, I wanted to keep that going. And it sounded silly to me at first <laughs> and uh then i was like oh okay no this is just what they're calling it so people can identify it they don't really have a name for it yet and um anyhow i got to set and we started working on it and um somebody said it's a it's a spoof one of the other actors said that in front of a producer and the producer was like it's not a spoof And we we're like, oh, it's not? Wait. <laughs> and he was like, no, it's not a spoof. So we were like, okay, there are some funny parts. It's definitely got comedy, but there are a lot of serious parts as well that are very, you know, heart-wrenching. And um, I had to make a decision on how to play those parts. I think whenever you have something that's a little bit tongue-in-cheek and It knows what it is. It's got that, um, you know, it's got both. I th even if it's a little bit broad, um, I think you have to just dive right into the tragedy of it as well and just play, just be as present and real in that um, situation too because it's you just have to. That's, that's how life is, I guess. And it makes it pay off more if it's all very grounded and um, authentic. But uh, anyway, so time went on and Pacific Air 21 was decided to be the name of the movie. And by that time, we'd all fallen in love with the name Snakes on a Plane. And we were <laughs> highly opposed to calling it Pacific Air 121. So we all, we all voiced our opinion. And I think Samuel L. Jackson was the one who kind of pushed it over the edge for us and made it so that we could keep our name. And uh, that was one of the first movies, I think, where they could uh, really look at the internet and what people were saying. Um, the fans of, you know, we had people that were tuned into the movie before, far before it came out. And uh, they were kind of given their input. So that's One of the first films that we were that people were able to do that, and that's one of the reasons they went and did some reshoots. They added some more crazy stuff, you know, the the classic line. Uh, I've had it with these MF and snakes on the plane. Absolutely, that came after. <laughs> that was like added, and uh, they added a few more things to make it. Um, I think rated rated R actually. They saw the demographic. <laughs> yeah. This is very funny that uh, you're bringing um, the fact 
uh, of that very funny name because that's completely right. You were just finishing two other um, very important releases, one called uh, Species uh, Chapter 3 and another one uh, called uh, XXX State of the Union, so both in 2004 and five. Right. and uh, Stakes on the Plane was coming a year after that, so I can totally understand how that name <laughs> lusted you. Yeah, yeah, the triple x movie <laughs> i yeah i was one of the female leads on that and um <laughs> felt like hey uh, i was just a female lead on a big studio film i should probably choose wisely and uh at first i wasn't sure but now i'm so grateful that i said yes to snakes on a plane <laughs> Obviously, even two decades ago, uh, the technology and special effect was already very advanced. But how did uh, the production uh, uh, figure out to, to put all those snakes? How was the behind the scenes? Um, it was crazy because it was a combination of uh, CGI snakes and real snakes and then rubber snakes. So um, there was a room that was for the snake wrangler that all of the snakes were in and their little, you know, compartments and drawers and bathtubs. And <laughs> they were very organized about it. And um, they, I guess there's like a dupe uh, snake to every snake that uh, is poisonous. So even you know, um, a coral snake and all those. There's another snake that has the exact same markings. I think I remember them saying that. So those are the ones that they used. And um, there was also a very large boa constrictor. They, um, they did a lot with CGI with that boa constrictor, but they actually had the real one as well. So we have a picture of the cast somewhere with all of us holding the boa constrictor, you know, like 20 people holding that thing. It was huge. Thankfully, I wasn't afraid of snakes. I mean, m nobody on that set really was too freaked out about snakes. We even held them when we were doing our interviews and they were crawling all over us and, um, when we were doing our EPK um, press stuff on set. But then after the movie, after I shot it, I had so many people that were like, I cannot watch that. I know I'm your cousin. No, it's just like people that were very close to me. They were like, I'm sorry, I got to skip it. I'm just too freaked out. You know, I didn't know there was this many people afraid of snakes. <laughs> Sunny Page Maybury. I truly believe that the movie could have a very different uh, storyline if Cedar uh, was on board oh, because he would have uh, defend all of the crew with a lot of confidence. <laughs> yeah, Cedar, you might my dog. <laughs> so absolutely, yeah. The, the plot would be very different, for sure. Um, there was a little dog in the movie. Do you remember the little, the little chihuahua in the movie? Absolutely. I, yeah, that, that dog, unfortunately, had an unfortunate fate. Um, <laughs> my friend Rachel Blanchard, who was also in the movie, that was, you know, she played like a, 
early 2000s Paris Hilton type, I guess you'd call it. And her little dog didn't didn't quite make it, uh, fell, fell to the boa constrictor as a sacrifice, I think. But um, Cedar would have been different. She, she, she probably couldn't have handled the boa constrictor either, but she, uh, she probably wouldn't have, I don't know, all those other snakes might, you know, might have had their work cut out for them with her. She's fascinated by anything that moves that's smaller than her. We think she wants to kill a lot of things, but we're just not sure. So we just we just keep the leash tight. <laughs> Absolutely. The key point to survive in this uh, planet Earth is to be bigger than uh, this dog. And I'm very curious uh, about your current project, as you just mentioned, uh, in the mus musical field. We, for example, a band and a couple more video clips and also in every theaters. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah. Um, are you talking about our music that my husband and I play? Our band? On everything that comes on the screen and outside the screens. Oh, everything. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I, Ethan and I have a band it's called wolf candy it's um kind of our new name we've been playing together for many years and um we used to have a f more of a full band and uh i guess we do now but they're kind of remote and um we don't all play together out as much as we used to but we all record together still and um you know we've been through many other names so uh We've put out EPs and, you know, taken them down and said, this is not, <laughs> this is not how we want to be represented anymore. It was a really long time ago. And we've been sort of uh, building up to the release of uh, some new music um, that is hopefully, you know, more of what we represent currently. And uh, we should be putting some of that out this year. So I'm excited about that. And um, I've got a film coming out called A Unicorn for Christmas. And uh, obviously <laughs> that should be around Christmas time. And um, I've got, a, I've got a, something that I cannot mention. Yeah, I probably shouldn't say what that is because there's, it's a kind of a secretive show. You just never know these days when you work on something. Um, you know, I try to find out when I'm on set, like, do you guys, are you, you, are you okay? Because some of them really want you to talk about it. And then others are like, no way. Like if you, if you make a hard copy of your script and it's got your name on it and you just throw it in the trash at Burger King, somebody's going to trace it back to you and, and it's bad news for you. So, you know, you got to keep these things under wraps. But there is a there's another project that is in the can, as they say, and should be coming out really soon. And um, I've got a couple uh, things lined up that I'm going to be working on as well. A movie coming up soon. Yeah. Everything is in the can, and I'm sure that one of your titles and songs will include, uh, as, is, as this is now uh, the recipe for success, the word hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I might even have a song that already has the word hungry. I'm going to have to search it now. 
Probably do. <laughs> Sunny Page Maybury, thank you so much for your time. And I'm looking forward for uh, the unicorn at Christmas. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It was really fun.